Today's episode is brought to you by Magoosh. Online test prep for the GRE, GMAT, LSAT, SAT, ACT, TOEFL, and Praxis. It can be hard to find the time and money to prepare for standardized tests. Magoosh offers a better solution. Affordable, effective test prep, 100% online. Log in anytime, anywhere on your computer, tablet, phone. Study when you want, where you want, on your terms. Magoosh's complete test prep starts at under 100 bucks, and they guarantee you'll improve your score or they will give you your money back. Go to magoosh.com right now. That's M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com. Get 20% off with code BEAUTIFUL at checkout. Beautiful stories make the world go round, and so does saving a life. I am really so passionate about DKMS, and I really hope everybody listening to this participates in this because this is an actual thing you can do to give someone a second chance at life. You can register right now and donate to a blood cancer patient who needs you. You'll receive a swab kit in the mail, swab your cheeks, send the samples back, and you're good to go. It could not be easier, and it's such a kind thing to do. Just think, you become a donor. Sincerely, guys, I'm so behind this one. I hope you go right now and register today at dkms.org slash beautiful. That's dkms.org slash b-e-a-u-t-i-f-u-l, or text STORIES to 50555. For more information, message, and data rates may apply. I would love it if a lot of listeners to this podcast got behind DKMS because it's a, it's, a, it's a really kind organization doing a good thing. And I, I hope we all step up. Hello, everyone out there who's cutting it close and just almost at a bathroom. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. I stumbled into doing the Beautiful Anonymous podcast. And I, I say that because I did not anticipate what it would become. People have shared some of the most honest, beautiful stories I've ever heard. They've told me so much. People have opened up. They've shared with the whole world deep, profound experiences, opinions, fears. It's been eye-opening. This episode is none of those things. It's about a guy who shits his pants. A lot. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host, Hello? Hello? Hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? It's okay. Is this Chris? Yeah, yeah, this is Chris. How are you? I'm I'm good, man. I'm well. I'm very good. I'm eating a salad on my lunch right now. Oh, that sounds pretty good. No, it's just okay. Oh yeah, what do you what do you like in a salad? What what's your uh what's your salad of choice? Like some a little bit of like spicy and crunchy, like you know, like tortilla chips maybe, and then like some chicken. Oh, that's, uh, that's pretty good. I like that you named two non-vegetables as your as your core salad <laughs> items. <laughs> well, I mean, I assumed that like was you know implied. Yeah, it was. It was. 
I was just surprised. It's very, what's your favorite thing in a salad? Tortilla chips and chicken. Right. We're in a, so I know you're American. We're Americans, that's for sure. Like, I like a salad from El Pollo Loco, you know? Yeah, I, we don't have those. There, like some... We don't got the Pollo Locos. Oh, that's right. Uh, you're you're on the City. East Coast. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, according to Twitter, you're looking for a, a good story. Yeah, I'm always looking for a good story. You got one? Yeah, so this is the story of uh, my fall from grace in wrestling. Your fall from grace in wrestling? Oh, I'm, I'm, I did a lot of wrestling wait, in high school. Wait, you're breaking up a little bit. Can you say that last one again? Yeah, so I did high school wrestling. Oh, amateur wrestling. So not professional wrestling. No, sir. Real wrestling. Okay, yeah, because I'm a big... I like the amateur wrestling. I did jujitsu for a while, and there were a lot of wrestlers in there, but I love the pro wrestling. Oh, that, that's right. I did hear that about you did Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That was a blue belt. It's not. It's the second worst belt. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not too sure how the belt system works there. I actually did Wing Chun, which isn't grappling, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. Wrestlers, it's hardcore. Yeah, it really is. Um, so hardcore, I pooped my pants. Wow. Is that, is that your fall from grace? Yeah, so like, uh, where do I start this? Okay, so I'm like, I'm an overweight guy. I was the heavyweight for my team. And uh, like, just about after I graduated, uh, I had my gallbladder removed. I had like, I don't really know what the actual term is, but my gallbladder was inflamed. So, uh, you know, I have this surgery to remove my gallbladder. And like every time after I was eating, I, I had to, I had to poop, you know, it was not, it was not pretty. Yeah. And so I, uh, I'm coaching wrestling and I decide to hop into this tournament where the coaches can wrestle. <laughs> and uh, one thing led to another. I got tossed really hard. And the other heavyweight landed right on top of me. And bam, there's your poop. Right there in the singlet. Right there in the singlet. And you know what? The worst part was is our singlets were white. No, they weren't. Come on. That can't be true. 100% true. I got a lot of questions. I got a lot of questions. What had you eaten? What had you recently eaten? Mm, well, right now I ate the salad. No, I mean before but you pooped your day, pants. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I had anticipated, <laughs> you know, dealing with this poop issue. Um, <laughs> so I had a really light breakfast, actually. I ate like a granola bar. And maybe like some scrambled eggs. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. So, that, there, but it was enough. Was there a lot? And we're it talking, was enough. There was, was there a lot of poop. It was a noticeable amount of poop. Well, I guess uh, which you have to understand is that 
it wasn't solid. It was liquid. <laughs> so the amount was not a lot, but it was noticeable because it was dispersed, you know, yeah. in my singlet. Right, in your white singlet. Now, how do people react? How does your opponent react? How, do, how does the referee react? And most importantly, how do the children that you coach react? <laughs> well, um, I mean, we're on a similar level because this is right after I graduated high school, you know, so we're similar ages. Mm-hmm. We're not really maybe a year I'm older than them. Sure. I'm not that much older than them. Um, and I'm, they're just trying to have my back, you know, like trying to support me after this <laughs> happened. Uh, but my one of my wrestlers, his, uh, his grandmother was there to watch him. And I swear, she laughed so hard and so long. He had to tell her, like, hey, Grandma, like, you know, you got to calm down. <laughs> do they stop the match? Do they stop the match when you poop? Do you, do you lose by forfeit? Um, the, the, the match actually got stopped because when he threw me, he put me right to my back and pinned me. So the poop discovery wasn't made until after I had already lost. So the, there was his a, hand was getting raised. <laughs> so there was already like you already lost. You already were hanging your head for that reason, and then you looked down and go, "Oh, and there's also, I also took a shit on the yeah, mat well, on see, top the of that." The thing is, I couldn't even like I had the suspicion. You know, I'm, I'm definitely I felt something. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't confirmed until I kind of got to my corner. They're like, "Yeah, dude, you you browned yourself." That's a nice way to phrase it. Yeah, I just thought of that right now. You just thought it. You did you? I wonder if you invented that or if that's something that you've you've heard in passing before. You browned yourself. I'm not too sure. I don't know that I've specifically heard anybody say that, but... We may have invented a thing. I doubt I'm the first one in the universe to say that. To refer to shitting your pants as browning? The act of browning oneself? <laughs> wow. So then what... Yeah, yeah. So no, so it's not... So in the match, not like you're, it's not like your opponent f- recoils in horror or the ref recoils in horror. It's noticed afterwards. You've got a grandma laughing at you. It's pretty bad. What, yes, are the, what are the long-term? Now, why is this a fall from grace? Because I guess if you're a coach, you're pretty good, huh? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I was that good. You know, like when you're, when you're decent at something, but you really understand the concepts, I think I knew how to kind of convey what they want to do in situations. Um, and like at our high school, there was not – a big wrestling culture so mm-hmm. it wasn't like there was a long list of applicants for the job right right so what were the long term what were the long term repercussions of this browning i mean mostly just embarrassment i suppose wow um although now you know i'm doing the whole Tyrion Lannister thing wearing it as my armor i'm just uh I'm pretty comfortable with telling the story now. I thought yeah. it was funny in retrospect, but not in the moment. How long ago did this happen? <clears throat> Ooh, maybe like four years ago, five years ago. Are you still a wrestling coach? So, 
relatively recent. No, I'm not. Um, I coached for a few years and then just got a real job. Yeah. Don't really have time. It's a big time commitment, really. Yeah. And I have to ask, how much of a factor in your quitting was the brown? Um, I would say not too much because this was an off-season tournament. Yeah. This was in between my first and second season coaching. Um, so I still came back to coach the next year. But I, I don't think it affected me too much. It was more about the time than the poop. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I tell you, we've been talking for 10 minutes now, and I just heard a pretty good patch shitting story. I like that. I like how this is starting. I mean, if you don't start off top with the poop story, where do you go from there? It's a really good question. So where else, what else, uh, what else do you want to talk about? Um, well, it sounds like you're tired of struggling young artists, <laughs> but I definitely, definitely feel that, uh, that quarter life crisis episode is relatable. Yeah. It seems like that's in the air. Seems like a lot of people who find this podcast are, uh, wandering souls that's searching your, for something. Uh, that's your niche market there. That's your, your cult following, I suppose. Yeah, sad people who feel despair at all times. That's really, I got the market corner. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Has anyone, has anyone asked you what's up? What's up with you? Wow, thank you. Many people don't. What's, what's your story? What's your poop story? Oh, I mean, dude, if you want to go, if you want to go poop story for poop story, I have like, a hundred of them. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, let's see what you got. And I definitely have one lined up that I can think of. Okay. So I mean, this is going to be dueling poop stories. I could. I, I just heard a lot of our classier listeners turn battle off. Battle shits. Battle shits. That's a great. You just came up with a great term. Battle shits. Gethard versus Mister Brown. No, I, I did Mr. not come Brown. up with that. That was on uh, Harold and Kumar, I believe. Really? I've seen Harold and Kumar. I don't remember that. Battle shits. I like Harold and Kumar. Jersey movie. Okay, we're going to see who has the best ba- best uh, poop story, and then if you can't top yeah, it. I mean, I'm kind of, I kind of played my best card up top. You did, yeah. So I, I think that should be considered. Okay, well, when you feel like you can't beat me, you just say, I, you sunk my battle shit. Um, okay. Which one should I start with? Okay, um... Many years ago, I believe it was 2003, I was still a New Jersey resident. I was living in Montclair, New Jersey, but I was hanging out in New York City all the time because I had found the Upright Citizens Brigade. That was my home away from home. I was there doing comedy all the time. One day... Oh, wait, can I guess this one? Can I guess this one? Did you have to go really bad and there was nowhere around to go? Well, why are you getting cute, man? Why are you... Cut me off. <laughs> Cut me off. Wait, but was I right? Did you was that the story? On a on a very basic level, but that's like saying that uh that's like saying that to kill a mockingbird is about a court case. 
Okay. Many other yeah, layers right. to it. Many other well, layers let's, to uh, it. Let, let's hear the juicy details on this. And I feel you cutting me off in an effort to throw me off my rhythm so that your next poop story may trump mine, my friend. And let me just tell you, I am onto that strategy. And if you want to play these games, we can play these games. Hey, uh, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Well said. I hope that's what you taught the, the children you coached in sports. Okay, so very true. Uh, it's not cheating if the coach can't or if the ref can't see you. Yeah, well, you never told those kids to check the oil, did you? Uh, I mean, it was definitely joked about a lot in practice, but that's no oil checking here. You can't check the oil, man. If you don't know what that is out there, not if you're sure. listening, you look up check your oil when it comes to grappling. You're not gonna like what you find. Okay, it's also referred to an Asian dart. Is that, oh, that seems racist. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Uh, I don't of, know if it is, but uh-huh. A lot of things get said on the mats that maybe don't translate out in the real world so much. You got the cauliflower ear, by the way? Oh, no, I never really got cauliflower ear personally, but I, I have popped a few. I stuck a needle in a few of them. Oof. It's rough. Okay. So it's 2003, I believe, August, if I'm remembering correctly. I'm in New York City, and uh, I'm at the classroom space of the Upright Citizens Brigade. I'm hanging out, shooting the shit with a couple people. This was our old classroom space, 23rd and 7th. It was up above a diner, just two little classrooms. and had all the offices there, so there were always people hanging out. And I'm up there, and all of a sudden, all the lights go off. All the computers go off. Everything goes off. Air conditioner turns off. We're like, whoa, okay. And then we start hearing all these Cars honking. Look out the window. Every traffic light is blinking. Every street light is off. Mm. Every window, you see no lights. We're like, oh my God, blackout, New York City. So this is 2003, August. Immediately people are like, terrorist attack. This is less, less than two years since 9-11. So everybody freaked out. Sure. So everybody's getting out like um, radios, you know, like battery-powered radios, figuring out what we can. And we're hearing like the emergency broadcasts. And they're saying it's not a terrorist attack. It's just the whole eastern seaboard. It was a uh, blackout, blackout up and down, like all the way up into Canada. Everything fell apart. This is a famous Wasn't incident. Was it a rolling brownout? Today, more than ever, I think you'd all agree that taking a break from this call will provide a nice change of pace. And uh, don't go anywhere, though. you got to hear how my rolling brownout ends. In the meantime, check out some words from the sponsors who make this show happen. Now Hear This Podcast Festival is coming to Anaheim, California, October 28th through 30th. It's going to be like Comic-Con for podcasts, a weekend of live performances, special events for podcast fans, and some of your favorite shows. The Moth will be there, Lore, one of my favorite podcasts, Criminal, Phoebe Judge, don't know that she's aware of me, but I dig her work. Mark Marin will be there from WTF with his producer talking about their favorite behind-the-scenes stories and some of your favorite comedy shows, Comedy Bang Bang, Improv for Humans, How Did This Get Made, Super Ego, dozens more, and more being announced all the time. Check out all the ticket options for special events like meet and greets with hosts. Register today at nowhearthisfest.com. Now Hear This, October 28th through 30th, Anaheim, California, nowhearthisfest.com for more info. 
Therapy can and should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. This is exactly what Talkspace is. Only with Talkspace do you get unlimited messaging to your dedicated licensed therapist for just $32 a week. Join over 300,000 users who already know that with Talkspace, you can text, audio message, or video message your therapist as many times as you want without having to wait a week for your next appointment. Because with Talkspace, your therapist is always right there in your pocket or on your computer. And now you can even schedule a live video session with your therapist right from your smartphone. Visit Talkspace.com beautiful for a special $30 discount off your first month or download the Talkspace app on the Apple or Android app store and use coupon code beautiful. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. Okay, I know you've all been waiting with real anticipation to hear my poop story. Was it a rolling brownout? Well, hey, hey, man, you, I can feel the battle of the wills happening. Good joke. Good joke. So we got this going on, right? So as soon as we hear it's not a terrorist attack, it was like, oh, game on. Let's everybody have fun. And all of New York City just kind of poured into the streets because there was no air conditioning. So everybody was just like walking around. And then all these bars started giving away booze. I had quit drinking, but it was fun because all the restaurants were just like, everything's going to go bad. Our freezers don't work. Our fridges don't work. So cheap booze, cheap food. And then every place that served ice cream started just like giving out free ice cream or big ice cream for a dollar. It was all this like half melted <laughs> ice cream. So I started running all over New York City, man. I'm like eating ice cream, getting all the free ice cream I can. It was great, you know? Now, I'm going to, in a very weird twist of fate, the actual theater, the UCB theater on 26th Street, had, it's in this complex that has their own generator. So they had air conditioning. So everybody was hanging out oh, wow. there. Yeah, it was really nice. We'd all like go walk around for a while, get real sweaty, and you go back to the one place that has air conditioning. It was fun. It was nice. And I, I had driven into the city. I, I lived in Montclair, New Jersey at the time, but the tunnels and the bridge is such a mess. I mean, traffic was like bumper to bumper. None of the lights worked. So I was like, I'm not driving back. I'm going to hang out all night and drive back later. So gets time to finally drive back. I'm going to leave, and there had been a couple other Jersey people stranded there, one of them being my friend Mike. And Mike and I had gone to college together. He had a, we, had, we had kind of like a, there was a woman we were both pining for. She chose him. I was very bitter. I was very sad. We'd always had a little bit of a weird, not I wouldn't say falling out. We never had it out, but it was this thing where it was like I was a real pain in his ass. She was always kind of like, maybe flirting with the idea of me still. He didn't like that. I didn't like that. So there's always some tension there, you know? So we'd say... Yeah, competition for sure. Yeah, and just like one of those unfortunate things when you're young and you fall in love with the wrong gal and she's in love with something. This little mini love triangle thing erupted, you know? So I see Mike. He lives in Jersey still at the time as well. And he's like, hey, man. Is there any way you'd give me a ride back to Jersey? I took the train in. I thought I was going to be stuck here overnight. You could really save my ass. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'm psyched. He's an old friend. And also in my mind, I'm like, you know, things have been strained with him and I, but we've settled it. And this is like a nice thing to do, reestablish it, you know? So we get in the car. I lived in Montclair. He had parked his car at a train station in in, uh, South Orange, New Jersey, a couple towns away. So I drive him out there and we're talking a little bit. And I'll tell you something about me is I've always been a little bit lactose intolerant. And as soon as we got through mm. the Lincoln Tunnel, as soon as I, we get through, I'm like, just out of nowhere, I'm like, oh, I have, I, I'm, I'm, I, have, I don't say this, but I'm just like, I'm going to shit my pants. I can just feel it. I'm like, I'm about to shit my pants. It was just like instantly. Yeah, I just definitely had, know that feeling. Yeah, you just, I had the ice cream shits, you know? 
And I start, I mean, like I'm straight, I'm gritting my teeth. I start sweating. I start holding the bottom of the steering wheel and doing like, like sort of like a curl to like push my ass further down in the seat to help hold back this like wave of shit. And I just stop talking and it gets all silent and awkward with Mike. And I can't say like, like I honestly just stop talking because it's not even like I'm embarrassed to tell him what's going on. It's more like I'm just like, if I unloosen any muscle, like if I unloosen my jaw muscle, I'm going to explode with diarrhea all over the car. It's bad. So we're driving. We're like 25 minutes from South Orange. It, very, very sparse conversation. I'm silent, gritting it out. And I finally get there, drop him off. He's like, all right, man, whatever. It was like a real awkward car ride. I felt bad about it. And then I was like, okay, we're in South Orange. I grew up in West Orange. I'm just going to book it to my hometown. I know all the businesses. Like, So I drive to a diner. Of course, I get there. There's a blackout. It's closed. Everything's closed. So now I'm in my hometown, my childhood home, driving past all these sites that would be normally be my salvation where I'd feel like I made it and I got home. Like, and this homecoming, my, the, my hometown embracing me in its warm bosom and now it's rejecting me. So I fly through, cut through West Orange, get to Montclair. I lived in this neighborhood. There was never parking, dude. There was never parking. So mm. pull up to my apartment building. There's a spot right on my block. I'm like, oh, my God, this never happens. I get out. I'm doing like the duck waddle. You know what I mean? You're like doing the yep, yep. walk where you're holding the shit in while you're running. Get out my keys. I'm like shaking. Get inside. I lived on the second floor. I go to run up the steps, man, and like get right up to the top step. And I just feel like, like, bloop, like, bloop. like I just feel a little shit come out, but I'm like five, five, ten feet from my front door. So I don't even stop. I just like book it, run into my toilet, like the bathroom, get down on the toilet and just like unleash. And it felt so good. And I don't know about you, but like mm. when I come that close to shitting my pants and I don't do it, it feels so good. And like all of a sudden all that nervous sweat, the cool air hits it. You're cooling down. It's just like great, you know? And like, um, you know, like, was sitting there for a few minutes recovering, and then I was like, oh, wait, I think I shit a little bit in my pants. So I pulled out my pants, and I look at my underwear, and there's no shit. Look down further into my pants. There's no shit. I'm like, what is going on? And then I see this little trail of brown dots running down my leg. And I'm like, you got to be kidding yeah. me, man. You got to be kidding me. And I walk back out in the hallway, and I look on the top step, right on the edge, right on the edge of the top step, is this like perfectly spherical ball of shit that it was like a one in a million thing where I just like managed to shit this piece of shit and it rolled, like didn't get caught yeah. in the underwear, never got caught on my pants, went right out the cuff at the bottom of my jeans and landed right on this step. Hold on a sec. So you, yeah. So you were wearing pants and not shorts? I was wearing pants and not shorts. It was one in a million, dude. Oh. It was one in a million. Never got caught. It just was like, it was like Luke Skywalker shooting into the Death Star, man. He like turned off the targeting system. did that little drop, the little boop. Yeah, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, like the ghost of Obi-Wan was like, turn off the computer and do it for real, Luke, you know? And it, But I can't stress this no. enough, like the top step right on the edge, like almost like, like it looked like it was about to just like roll off, but it was just stuck there like a little modern art piece. Like we're all we're all on the precipice of falling at all times, so then I had to just go and get a paper towel and pick up my shit with my hands. Mm. Mm. How you feeling? I mean, I definitely have been in a few of those mm -hmm. uh, close call situations mm -hmm. for sure. 
Um, this this next one that I'm going to tell you, uh, I should say I was like really young. Okay. I was maybe eight, eight to ten year old range. Uh, and, you know, we, we, my family used to go to Mexico in the summer. You know, I would go boogie boarding, surfboarding, whatever, go camping. Um, so we're camping up on these cliffs. And then you can take this like sketchy path down to the beach, you know, for whatever beach recreation you'd like to partake in. So uh, my brother and I, you know, we grab our, our boogie boards. Uh, we head down to the beach. Now, mind you, it's probably like if you, if it was just a straight, easy path, it probably would have been like, you know, 10 minute, 15 minute walk, but it was pretty treacherous. So it's, we're talking more like 20, maybe 30 minutes if you're moving slow or you have a lot of, a lot of stuff. So, uh, you know, we spend the day boogie boarding, having a good time. Um, and then at one point or another, I realized, man, I, I got to poop. Um, so my older brother, I, I kind of asked him, you know, you think I can make it up? And he gives me the, you know, it's kind of up to you. If you think you can make it up, then, uh, then we'll try, but it, it wasn't going to happen with, with, you know, that duck walk that we're describing, that full yeah. body clench yeah. focus only on having to go. Um, <laughs> there was no way. Plus I was eight, you know, my, my sphincter wasn't really up to par. Um, sure. And, sure. And so he, uh, he uses his, his boogie board and mine kind of makes me, you know, a little, little blockage. We're going to go ahead and just do this on the beach and cover it up and, and never return. Um, so there I am eight years old, butthole out yeah. beach in Mexico. Um, and I just, I let it rip. Um, nothing, nothing to clean up with post poop um you know other than going in the water and maybe getting a little wet yeah yeah but uh so we're, we're still right there kind of gathering the rest of our stuff and these australian guys come up and they must have thought we were locals because you know we're little mexican kids we we're not from mexico but we're mexican descent so uh they come up and they're like I might, you know, where bots we can, I don't know what they wanted, tacos, something. They wanted us to point them in the right direction. We didn't know. And uh, one of the guys, as he's walking, it, it just like his pinky toe only, just his pinky toe only, right into the poop. Oh. Just a nice, just a nice little pinky toe in my dump. Wow. And he didn't even notice. He walked right on to where he was going. So you watched an Australian man step in your feces? Barely. Just like the minimum amount of stepping on something. Yeah. And do you feel embarrassed or does it feel kind of powerful in a way? Um, I mean, I would say at that point in my life, I didn't really know. Like, I still don't know how to feel about it. I don't feel guilty, that's for sure. Um... <laughs> But I just, I wasn't, I wasn't the authority figure in that case. Yeah. You know, I didn't feel like 
I was going to tell him, hey, man, my, my poop is there. Yeah, watch out for my human poop that's on the ground right in front of you. Exactly. Eight, eight years old, though, it's excusable. It's excusable to poop. Yeah, see, that's a, so that's where I, I kind of fall on the issue is that uh, is I have no guilt. Yeah. Because, you know, I was a different person at eight. I wasn't, I wasn't me at 23, you know? Sure. I feel like... Pooping on beaches... I would laugh so hard if a man stepped in my poop when I was eight years old. I think that would be the crowning achievement of oh, my life. Oh, we we laughed later on, but um, yeah, at that time I was I was more concerned with my poopy butthole. I get that. I got one that's actually not so far off. Similar themes. Is it on a beach as well? No, but it involves. Uh, you, uh, just let me tell the story, man. I almost spit out my LaCroix. Oh, you're a LaCroix boy, like my buddy Joe Mandy. Yes. Yes, sir. Everybody's loving LaCroix lately. But does, do they sell LaCroix? Can you just buy like a can of LaCroix at the deli, or do you have to go up and get a 12-pack? Um, I mean, I've only bought it in in 12-packs. Yeah. But um, I, I, I don't see why, you know, there's not some store owner buying a 12 pack and breaking it up and selling it individually that's capitalism baby you could probably acquire a single one that's capital i like you you're a capitalist i mean if you really want chris i can i can send you one in the mail it's gonna take a while and it will be warm <laughs> no i'm but okay i can I think, send you one i think in new york city i'll be able to track down an individual <laughs> can of Lacroix seltzer but thank you thank you so much do you want my other poop story or no? Are you bored or is it time to move on? No, no, I, I want to hear it. I'm just, uh, I'm just watching the clock because I do have to be back you from can... lunch in about 20 minutes here. Well, we got about 15 minutes. Here. Look, we got 31 minutes tops. If you want to hang up at any point, you can. If you want to try to sneak it in front of your workplace, I'm down with that. Whatever you want. But I'll tell you this. Yeah, I'll tell we'll you. see. We'll see what the vibe is. Let's. Uh, Let's hear your story here. So once a summer, me and my brother used to camp out in a tent in our backyard with the kids who lived around the corner, Rory and Frankie Kearns. I hope they don't mind me saying their names out loud. I haven't spoken to either of them in mm, probably 20 years, but Rory and Frankie Kearns of the infamous Kearns brothers. There were many members of the clan, good Irish folk. We used to camp out in a tent in our backyard, and, and needless to say... There was a lot of mischief that happened. There was a lot of, uh, you know, boyhood, let's sneak out of the tent and run around the neighborhood and cause some trouble in the middle of the night. It was a sure. fun fun annual tradition. And I don't know where you grew up. Did you have dirt bombs? Are you familiar with dirt bombs? Did you have these? Is that like is that like where you uh, you kind of cake moist dirt into a uh, into like a ball shape and throw it at somebody? A little bit. Ours, or is that like where you put dirt into a bag and throw it at somebody? No, it's closer to the first one. It's more like you go in like a garden. Like if there's bushes on a front lawn, you go under it, and there will be these natural like clumps of dirt, and they're kind of like dried out. Okay, yeah. Um, we used to call those dirt clods when we were kids. Dirt clods. So, okay, that's a regional difference. We're discovering many regional variants here on Beautiful Anonymous through the yeah, magic of poop can stories. Can I tell you something real, real, real quick? Yeah, this is I did want to tell you. Yeah. I feel like we're in a similar situation here. You're from Jersey, you know. You you were commuting to New York to do uh, to do things, 
Yeah. I'm the opposite. I'm from, well, I don't know about the opposite, but I feel like it's parallel somehow. Uh-huh. I'm from Long Beach going to LA. So How, what's I feel L- like we're Long- on a similar level. Sure. Is Long Beach Jersey, do the LA people all kind of make fun of it? Um, I don't know that they make fun of it. Um, but it's kind of, kind of like, uh, second, second rate in a way, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I get that. Nonetheless, a beautiful city. Yeah. I'm sure Jersey is. Heard nothing but good things via Snoop Dogg songs. Yeah, Snoop Doggy Dog. That's my Uncle Snoop. Wow, nice. I assume you're speaking metaphorically. Yeah, no, he's not my uh, not my real uncle. I do know, you know, like uh, people who have gone to school with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Um, but no, he's not. He's not my actual uncle. Fair, good. Thank you for clarifying. So anyway, me and my brother, Greg, Rory and Frankie Kearns, we sneak out of this tent one summer. I think it might have been the last summer that we did this camp out. And uh, what we were doing was we were going, we were getting all these dirt bombs off different people's lawns under the bushes, gathering them up, and then we were hiding. And when cars would roll by, we'd throw dirt bombs at the cars. You know, it like explodes and like it's all dusty, so it explodes in a little cloud of smoke. But it's not, it's not a huge deal. It's childhood mischief, you know. So we're throwing yeah. it at cars, and usually, like they'll they'll hit the brake lights, and then they'll assume because we're hiding, they assume, they assume like it was just something fell out of a tree or whatever, and they keep going. Who cares? It's a little piece of dirt. But this one car, we threw a bunch of dirt bombs, and it like shrieked to a halt. And these guys got out of their car, and they were like, looking back on it, they were probably pretty young, but to us, they were old. They were probably like eighteen or nineteen. It was a gang of them. And looking back on it, they were yeah, that's that's really old when you're like ten or whatever. Yeah, I was probably ten. My brother was probably twelve around this time, if that, if that. I might, I probably actually was a little younger. But these guys get out, and looking back on it, they were also really drunk because they were like, "Yo, the fuck is going?" and like yelling at each other and stuff. And then one of us made a noise, and they looked over and realized we were there, and we had thrown something at their car, and they were like, get them. And this set off this night in my childhood where we were being, like, hunted like animals by these teenagers. We were children. Yeah. And they were, like, chasing us around. The most dangerous game. It was, but set in the suburbs of northern New Jersey. And they're, like, chasing us around. They got a car. Like, they start chasing us on foot, and then the guy driving the car starts driving around. So, like, we're cutting through backyards, and it's like, you know, this is our neighborhood. We're little kids, so we know all, like, the secret passageways or the places to hide out. So it's like you lose the guy chasing you on foot, and then you, like, hop a fence. You're going to come around the block, and then here comes the motherfucker in the car around the block, and someone else jumps out of the car, and now you're in this chase again. This was, like, no joke going on for a while. And... uh at one point, I, Rory Kearns was the oldest. He was very resourceful. He took off. He was like, he was kind of the ringleader who had had us throwing the dirt bombs in the first place. And I think he felt honor bound to try to like run and get them distracted so we could all flee. So he took off on his own. And then it kind of became every man for himself at one point. I think Greg and Frankie stuck together. My brother and Frankie ditched me. And I wound up just alone. I was the youngest one. And I was so scared, and I've always been prone to nervous shitting. So at one point, I was in this backyard <laughs> on Valley Way. This kid, Gary Braun, lived in this house. He had, like, for some reason, his his family's house 
had like double the amount of land than all the other houses. It was like all the other suburbs, like, you know, like cut from a cloth where each lot is the same exact size except this one. Sure. So, so I wound up just like booking it across his yard all the way. And then I hopped the fence into the Kostiak's backyard. And then I was going to come across my street and head down my driveway, try to get back to that tent or probably even get into my house. So I'm sneaking down the Kostiak's driveway and I'm about to cross my street and just as I start to do it, this car like rolls up. I lived on a dead end. The car rolls up and like blocks the top of the street. And they're like, there he is. There's one of them. Get him, get him. And no joke, dude, I, I just instantly became so scared that I pulled down my shorts and just blasted a shit in the middle of my street, like right in front of my own house. Oh, wow. I just blasted a shit. But then I also knew, I was like, man, like if I run down my own driveway, they're going to know where I live and they're going to see this tent in the backyard. Yeah. It's going to be, these guys seem like actual, like criminal element types, you know, these guys seem like they're out for blood. So I take off, I double back, I go back the way I came, start hiding out again. And then this goes on for- No pause from them for your poop. No, no reaction. I don't know if they saw it. It was very late. It was very dark. I don't know if they perceived that. But I go, I'm hiding out again. And eventually I link back up with my brother and Frankie- Rory comes along. We're all together. It's like, we got to get out of here. So it's like, all right, we need to get to our back door. Like, we're not going back in that tent. These guys are chasing us. So let's just go. So Rory was like, I'll distract them. So he jumps up and he's like, hey, hey, hey. He starts running. These guys saw him chase him. Me and Greg and Frankie run for the house. And I'm like, oh, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. I'm the littlest, so I'm slowest. So those guys are ahead of me. I see them get in the door. And I'm like, awesome. They made it. We're going to make it. And no joke, I totally forgot I took a shit. I slipped on my own shit and fell in it. No. Yeah, in the middle of the street, I, got, I was just covered in my own shit, my own feces. And then there was all this noise because we came running in. We had the little kid adrenaline rush. My parents woke up. So by the time I get in, because I'm out in the yard, like, what do I do? Do I roll around in the fucking grass? How I'm covered in shit. So I'm like, I, by the time I get in there, all the lights are on. My parents are up. My brother's like, these guys started chasing us. And they're like, my parents are like, well, that's what you get for leaving the tent, you know, like you little assholes or whatever. And I walk in like covered in shit and everybody just stops. And they're like, what's up with you? And I'm like, oh, I f fell in dog shit. And they're like, where? I was like in the middle of the street. I don't know why I didn't just say like on someone's lawn. But I was like, yeah, a dog took a shit in the middle of the street. I fell in the dog shit and like rolled around for a while. It's covered in my own shit. It was bad. Do you feel like your parents knew it was human poop? Because I feel like human and dog are distinct. I would agree with you there. I'll also say this. Not too many dogs lived on my block. I don't think there were, I think maybe for a while my next door neighbor had one and for a little while someone across the street, but dead end block, there were only about 10, 15 houses. There weren't too many dogs. And I'll tell you this, we all know it, everyone listening, dogs generally don't wander into the middle of a street to take a shit. It's not how they roll. Sure. So I think I think sure. everyone suspected. So now they know, though. Now they know. Uh, do they listen to the podcast? They do sometimes. It's now been confirmed for the world at large. Um, huh. When I was in Our about 1989, now. around 1989, 1990, I claimed that I fell in dog shit. It was actually my shit. The world now knows. Mm. That's a hot scoop. You don't see, uh, don't use the phrase hot scoop while we're on this topic. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
Hot scoop, indeed. I'm going to let us all really let that story germinate. I just shamed myself on this podcast. Not not a rare feeling for me. I'm going to step away, deal with the shame, and let you process it. And as you do, I highly suggest you patronize some of our fine sponsors who allow this show to be what it is. I'm psyched to talk to you about something that's become one of the one of the favorite things I got going in my life. It's Blue Apron. And I say that very honestly. I tell you, I signed up. My wife and I now, we cook meals together. It's a great thing, a great part of our life. And they're healthy meals. And they send the exact ingredients that you need. They send these recipes with pictures. I don't even mess it up. And I'm a dummy. And all these ingredients, they're high quality. They taste better. They're better for you. We know where the food comes from. It's, it's really a, a thing that we're super happy about, me and Hallie the lady of mine. It, it, it's a great, great company. They, they really establish partnerships with small farms, fisheries, ranchers. They get seafood that's sourced sustainably. They really try to reduce the amount of waste by giving you the exact amount of food you need in each recipe. It's a good thing. And like I said, to me, the best thing is my wife and I, we actually cook together, sit and eat together. We're busy people with busy lives. Blue Apron helps us slow down and sit and cook and eat. And it's a great thing. And it comes out to less than $10 per meal. They deliver it right to you. It's really a pretty amazing thing. Some of the meals available in September, spicy hoisin chicken stir fry with baby bok choy and sesame ginger cucumber salad, eggplant and chickpea tagine. That's a good one. Summer udon noodle salad. Check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash beautiful. You'll love to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so do not wait. That's blueapron.com slash beautiful. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Guys, I really want to encourage you. Buy some stuff from those sponsors. Use the promo code. Let's prove to all these sponsors that, yes, poop stories can sell product. It's not outside the realm of possibility. Let's get back to the call. All right. All right, Chris. I got I got one one more for you. Rapid fire here. Oh, we can do rapid fire. So, uh, Great. So uh, my friend starts a prank war with me mm-hmm. by putting thumbtacks under my car's handle. So when I, uh, you know, open the car door, I get like four four pricks in each of my my fingers. Yeah. Um. And so it goes back and forth. Whatever it escalates. Um. And one night, we're I'm hanging out at some other uh, friend's house. We're drinking and whatever. Um, then my buddy that put the tax in my door handle uh, lived like a, two or three houses down. So somebody suggests the idea of, um, of pooping on the hood of his car because we saw it out there. Um, <laughs> it was a good idea. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. But but you know I didn't. I was like I'm heavy. I don't want to stand on this guy's hood. I you know. I, pooping on it, I don't mind. Standing on it, I feel like is disrespectful. So, um, <laughs> so pooping I on it, you don't my, think my is disrespectful? Standing on it, it crosses a yeah. line. Because you know, if you if you damage the car, there's like a, a monetary effect. Oh sure, okay. If you just simply poop on it, at least you can just like squirt it off. Yeah. He knew what it was about. Okay. Um. So I go into my, my other friend's uh, bathroom that we're hanging out at and I like poop into a grocery bag. Like I hold, like I kind of hover over the toilet and hold it, <laughs> hold that bag 
and I, and I, I let it go into the bag. Yeah. Um, and then walk through my friend's house with said bags full of poop and, uh, walk a few houses down and I just smeared it right onto the hood. Yeah. Smeared. How do you Although react? I'm disappointed because I, I, I heard that, uh, he didn't, his dad was like the first one up that day and his dad ended up cleaning it up. Ah, oh, that sucks. So that one I do kind of feel guilty for. Yeah. I went to Six Flags Great Adventure once in Jackson, New Jersey. My uh, whole family went, including my Uncle Bob and my Aunt Karen, who are the best. And I was there and uh, a whole bunch of friends were with us. Frankie Kearns, again, was present for this story. And I was there probably eight, you know, probably eight of churro or funnel cake or something real greasy and we're walking around we're going I, I always liked the spin rides and those I think will scramble your insides and I walked and I was just had one another one of those diarrhea texts was like oh my god I got a shit right now so I run to a bathroom and inexplicably every single stall there's a line of roughly 10 to 15 Brazilian men and they're going in one by one in in, in clothes and Exiting in Speedos and no shirts, just Speedos and sneakers. Just one by one, all of these men are changing into Speedos. And I'm standing there. I'm probably eight years old, nine years old, and I'm quaking. I'm shaking with the uh, you know knowledge that I'm about to shit my pants. And I realize I'm one of the lines. My Uncle Bob is in the bathroom. So I turn to him, and I go, Uncle Bob, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shit my pants. I think I'm going to poop in my pants. And he didn't have any kids at the time. So I don't think he knew how to handle children. So he just looked at me and he was like, okay, I don't know. Okay. And I was like, you got to help. And he's like, how? And then I just made direct eye contact with my Uncle Bob and I just unloaded shit in my pants. But I really feel bad about that one because I'm like, now I'm 36 years old. I know my uncle should have been like, hey, hey guys, you're all changing. But this little child has an emergency. He's got to go. And everybody would have been like, yeah, fine. But my Uncle Bob just bailed on me and just let me shit in my pants. Yeah, it sounds like uh, he didn't have the tools to deal with that at that time. Yeah, I don't know if it was life experience or the emotional capacity, but he didn't have it in him. But he lived about 20 minutes from Great Adventure. So we told everybody that I got sick, and then I went back to the his house, and I swam in his pool. And then when Greg and Frankie Kearns were done at Great Adventure, everybody came and met us there. And they were like, oh, we heard you got sick. How are you feeling? And I was like, I didn't get sick. I just shit in my pants. All righty, Chris. Well, who's that person? Great talking to you. Hey, who's that in the background? You're my idol. It's my supervisor. Are you going to get in trouble? But, uh, no, not at all. Listen, though, every episode people call up, they say really deep stuff. We just told poop stories for 45 minutes. Oh, yeah, but now see, like, I got to go uh, work. One to ten. Like man. One to ten, how's your love life? Zero. One to ten, how's your job? Seven. One to ten, what's your hope for the future? Ten. One to ten, what's your family life like? Thank you. Sounds like, every, sounds like everything's pretty good. All right, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah, you really got to go, huh? Right. I, I want to keep fucking around. He's got to go. Nah, give me something else. What do you got? Tell me. I, I feel like I don't know. People call up. They tell me they're like, 
married to child molesters or they're leaving their faith. I don't know anything about what are the three bullet points I need to know you in total. Or give the phone to your supervisor. Let me talk to her. Um, three bullet points. I really don't know. I, I couldn't summarize it. It's like trying to determine my own masculinity and maybe, uh, I don't know. That's all I can think of. Wow, that could have been a whole hour right there debating the nature of masculinity in modern society. Okay. Sounds like you definitely well, uh, shouldn't be on the phone, man. You should hang up. You're going to get in trouble, bro. Yeah, well, uh, I'll call in another time. Maybe we'll, we'll pick this back up. I would love a part two of the poop episode. I would love it. I got a, got a few more. Me too. We can literally call it number two. That was brilliant. You're a brilliant man. Good, good luck with everything. Thank you for calling, yeah. You too. I hope, caller, wherever you are, A, I hope you're not getting yelled at by your supervisor. It sounds like you pushed that phone call as long as you could. Secondly, I hope you uh, change your dietary habits and also your uh, prank habits because poop is too central a theme. I don't know. I hope you guys like that. I have no qualms myself with 45 minutes of poop stories. I hope I bet there's some people who like the profound nature of this podcast as usual, and I hope all those people had a good laugh today as well. I enjoyed it. Yeah, call anybody, call with poop stories anytime you want. I'm opening that door. Thank you, caller, for letting us know about all your your uh, fecal difficulties over the years. I want to thank John Delore. I want to thank Greta Cohn. I want to thank Shell Shag for all the music. Shell Shag is the best. I just went to an art exhibit at their space they run, and it was awesome. Support Shell Shag. And support the podcast, you can do so by telling your friends about it. And also rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe on iTunes. Those things really and genuinely do help so, so much. You want to know more about me? ChrisGeth.com. That has all my touring dates. I go on the road a lot. It's been really cool going on the road, meeting listeners of this podcast. It's, it's, it's really eye-opening. I met a caller. I met, one of the, I met the OTL kid in real life. He came out to a show I did. He was super nice, and his boyfriend was hot. He wasn't lying. Maybe I can meet you next. Come to a show. Let me know you're listening. And thank you all for listening to Beautiful Anonymous. Next time on a non-poop-focused Beautiful Anonymous. Hold on, a French, uh, hold on, a French Uber driver is asking me something. Uh, is you to say? No. No. No, there's a last Sorry. Sorry, okay. Chris, are you there? Do you have to go because you and that guy fell in love? <laughs> I didn't fall in love with the Uber driver, no. Isn't that how it works in <laughs> France? Isn't that how it works in Paris? <laughs> no. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. I'm Trayvon Free. I'm Mike Drucker. You are now in the room where it's happening. Where we geek out about the best musical of all time. Hamilton. 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 
We'll be talking about the lyrics, the history, the production, and we've got some amazing guests. We have actress Kristen Chenoweth. I'm rooting for you, and I'm sorry you shot him. Comedian John Hodgman. I ran home, and I said to my wife and two children, you have to listen to this. Hamilton cast member Jasmine Cephas Jones. Yo, this is amazing. (laughs) Subscribe right now, and you'll never miss an episode. Join us in the room where it's happening. Everybody! That's amazing. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.com